those in-use photos so that you're able to visualize yourself or if it's not, it's a person, a person using it, if it's a product, you know, that requires action or use, or if it's a product that hangs in a home or hangs in a window, showing how that can happen in different types of environments so that people, you know, see themselves in what you're making and what you're trying to sell. You're listening to Product Powerhouse, a podcast to inspire and empower you while you build a powerful product-based business that fuels your passion and feeds your family. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I run an e-commerce web design agency that helps shop owners build, grow, and scale. This podcast is all about actionable strategies specifically for your product-based business. So friend, grab an iced coffee and let's chat because DIYing your business doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Hello, welcome to another episode of Product Powerhouse Podcast. I gotta tell you that you guys know I share an office with my friend Shayna from Dawn and Delight Creative. And she always kind of makes fun of me for saying the same thing when I start these episodes, like, hello, welcome to another episode of Product Powerhouse. And so I get really self-conscious about it. But then I'm like, why does it matter? (laughs) No one cares about this part anyways. So I'm sorry if you don't like me saying the same thing at the beginning. You can maybe if you are very passionate about it, you can send me some opening lines. (laughs) that would be helpful. I have no idea how to start. Like, I just kind of want to jump in. Like, we're already in conversation, but that feels awkward. Like, answering the phone without saying hello, right? Oh, anyways, today I have a podcast guest interview with a photographer who I have been searching for a photographer like this gal forever. So today I get to introduce you to Lori Rice. Lori is a photographer and stylist specializing in food, lifestyle, and travel. Over the past 12 years, she has worked with numerous brands and publications providing food and product photography that fully captures their brand narratives. Lori teaches makers, growers, and artisan creators how to style and shoot their own photos through her Creating You family of online trainings. She also helps small businesses in need of affordable, seasonably inspired stock photography through her Farm Fresh photo membership. Lori is a product photographer and she teaches others how to improve their product photography. Now we talk a lot about her course in this interview and we talk about the importance of having some brand elements beyond just product photography because that is a crucial part. I hear a lot of time from shop owners like they really invest in their product photography and you guys know how important your product photos are. But what about those other photos? Like you need more than just product photography for your website. And that is one of those things that really makes or breaks your website. You know, even when I get a wonderful set of photos for a brand that we're building their website, the thing that really sets it apart are those other photos, the lifestyle images, the flat lays, the photos of yourself, anything like that. So We talk a lot about this in this episode. I think you're going to love it. I cannot wait to introduce you to Lori. So here we go. Let's dive in. Hi, Lori. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How are you? I am great. It's so nice to be here. I am so excited to chat with you. Why don't we start by telling everyone who you are and what you do? I am a food and product photographer. I work closely with obviously food brands, agriculture, and also products and artisan products, pottery, different things like that. Anything that needs to be shown off in a photo. I consider myself a content creator. I do some writing as well. I'm just here to help businesses 
create the visuals that they need to get noticed and to build their brand and to build identity with style. And as a part of that, I also help small business owners who want to do these things themselves. Yeah, I love that. We are kind of in the same boat. Like I do help some small business owners, but I also love teaching. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Me too. So how did you get started in photography? It's been kind of a long journey. Uh, I have a background in nutritional sciences. So I started in food and teaching people to eat right and exercise and all of that type of thing. So a lot of my my work has come full circle with the teaching because I used to teach a lot in that in academia. Like many people, I you know started a blog. I had a food blog with my nutrition background. I was developing recipes and and taking photos. I really started to fall in love with just the styling and photography side of things. I realized that instead of telling people to eat healthy and how to eat healthy, I wanted to show them the beauty of food. So that kind of started my journey with where food comes from and identifying food culture and capturing that with the camera, which then translated to businesses who are trying to reflect that to their customers and tell their story. So I really went full force with the photography, a lot of networking, and I started doing some recipe development with photography. Now I do just a lot of styling and photography with recipes that are already developed for those that have products, packaged products that they want in the photos. Kind of broke away from my blog. I haven't blogged for a couple years now. And to be honest, I'm not really missing that part of it. I really like visual art. Mm -hmm. We have a similar background. I had a healthy lifestyle as I was trying to lose weight (laughs) a few years ago blog. And so my first kind of step into this small business world was also blogging. I had no clue what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah. Did anyone? (laughs) I learned pretty quickly that I wasn't going to excel at the blogging (laughs) game. I'm not sure if it's patience or tech or what it is, but I loved creating the visuals and the content, but not so much all of the things on the back end <laughs> for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about like the importance of visuals that really reflect a brand. And you and I were kind of talking about the people listening here, they have product businesses and they spend a lot of time on their product photography which they should, like, that's really important. But there's another layer of visuals that they need with their brand, right? Creating a style that reflects your business. Like, there are so many photos aside from just a photo of your product that, you know, can reflect that and that can be used to tell your story on your website, to build, you know, your branding through your social media accounts, all of this, it's not just that, you know, the photo of the product, it can be you working or, or photos. What a lot of people pass up are just photos of things, just nature and cities and, you know, styled shots in a living room and all of the tones and the colors and the actions, they all can reflect your brand. And these are photos that can be used to build your website, you know, whether it's a website header or whether it's something that you're posting with an article that you might be writing, it all kind of comes together to then kind of match those product photos and create this big picture of what your business is and what it represents. Yeah, absolutely. I always say the photos really make or break the website because it doesn't matter 
how great the design is. If the photos don't match, if they don't tell the story, if they're not compelling, it still is missing something. You know, that's just for the website piece of things. That's just, you know, one piece of everything a brand needs as far as visuals go. Yeah, definitely. And I think that if we think about our own experiences when we go to a website, there's a level of confidence and trust that we put in sites that are beautiful and are attractive. And that's the first step. That's what you see first, right? Or those photos. The photos are bad, whether it's it's not necessarily a good thing that this happens, but it's just human nature that you kind of question, well, you know, is this a good place to be? Is this having those, you know, beautiful photos that come together and represent you can immediately grab that eye and bring the person in so that then they look deeper, more deeply at what you have to offer. Absolutely. I also think that there's also a layer of that where when we see other people represented on a website or in the photography, that brings us even like another layer deeper where we're connecting even ourselves or people we know in that photo to make it feel humanized, like to make it feel more real and and almost more legitimate because we can see people like using the product, creating the product or being near it. (laughs) Right. Those in use photos so that you're able to visualize yourself or if it's not, it's a person, a person using it. If it's a product, you know, that requires action or use, or if it's a product that hangs in a home or hangs in a window, showing how that can happen in different types of environments so that people, you know, see themselves in what you're making and what you're trying to sell. Absolutely. Yeah. How does a brand go about getting these photos? Because that's the next step. Like, it's all well and good for us to tell them, oh, you need better pictures, but they don't know how to get them. Yeah. The first thing before you start to seek out the photos is to really get serious about what your style is and what you're trying to represent. So let's say, are you a type of a a home brand that's a bit more farmhouse style and you kind of want to represent this earthy rustic or are you very much on the modern side, you know, clean, white, minimalist things? Or are you a mesh of this, which there are ways to mesh them together. And the reason why I say that step one is because whether you then create photos yourself or you go to someone to create them for you or you go to a stock website You need to have this clear picture so that things are cohesive. So you know what you are and you know what you aren't. And this will help you create the photos if you're doing it yourself, or it's going to help you communicate that to someone who might be creating them for you. That's a great first step. I know when we are working with our clients who are doing branding, our first step is to find the inspiration. Like, what are some like visual examples of this? Because it's so much easier for us as humans to like connect the dots when we can see those visuals and ha- instead of just thinking about what we hope it'll turn out like. <laughs> right. One thing that I've learned greatly from that I've always done in my work is to learn outside my niche. So what I mean by that mm-hmm. when it comes to photography is, let's say, for example, you make something, I'll use pottery, for example, you don't always want to go look at everyone else's pottery photos to find your feel. Go look at nature photos and inner city feel or fashion or floral, different things like that. 
you can look at these styles and bring those things back to your own style. And that's going to help you become more of a creator of what you represent versus a copycat type of thing. Looking at others and say, I want it exactly like that. I don't feel is the way to go because it doesn't truly represent you. But if you pull from all these different visually inspiring things that we have in the world and bring them back to what it is that you're doing, to me, that's the most successful way to find those photos and develop those photos that are, you know, are you and your business. Mm-hmm. And I'll be here nodding like crazy because that is absolutely it. We never tell someone like, oh, never show us an example of a of an exact copy of your store. Like, look outside, you know, what you sell, look outside this industry to find the inspiration. So that's really fantastic. Once they've gotten this piece down, they know exactly what they want. They know the direction, they know the feeling. So then they can either like start searching for a photographer or learn to do it themselves. Yeah, you can go either way. If you have an interest in creating the photos and you have this vision of what you want, creating your own photos is really the way to go in my mind because you can create them. It's you creating exactly what you're envisioning and not trying to translate that to someone else. I mean, obviously it can be done when, I mean, that's what, what I do for a lot of my commissioned work is that, you know, someone's telling me this is what we're envisioning, but I have to then translate that, which sometimes is perfect. And sometimes it's a little bit off because we all have different ways of explaining things and interpreting things. And when you do it yourself and you learn those skills to do it yourself, you can really take what is in your head and put it into the print and the paper. If you want to hire someone to take the photos, it's important to understand what you need. You know, do you need pictures of the products and then possibly a day just around? Or maybe you look at their archives and maybe they have some that can complement some of the photos that they're taking for you. So there's a lot of different ways to approach it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that you said at the very beginning of that answer was, if you have the desire to want to create your own images, and I think that's a key thing I am kind of embracing in my own business because there are people who want to learn how to take great pictures. There are people who want to learn how to create their own website. And then there are also people who don't. And if you don't want to, it's absolutely okay to, you know, outsource. But if you do want to, like, that is fantastic. You know, that's going to make you so much more successful, I think, in the long run, because you have that desire to do this piece of it. Absolutely. You know, owning a small business myself, I feel like a lot of the information that we get to grow is, you know, outsource, 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 which can definitely be good. People grow that way. But I feel like if you have a passion for something that you enjoy doing, that you should definitely embrace that, you know, in your own business. If you hate it, that's one thing, but it's going to be difficult to learn. But if you're like, I kind of like this and, you know, this is kind of a creative break for me away from doing, you know, the things that I have to do at the computer every day, web building or anything like that. I think that it it can become a great asset and skill set to have, you know, for the long term. Exactly. Yeah. I felt that same thing. Like we are always told you have to outsource this, but if, if you want to do it, then let's do it. <laughs> So I know you have a couple of resources for people who do want to learn to do this. So do you want to kind of talk to us about what you offer? 
Yeah, absolutely. So first is just my weekly email list. At least, you know, three times a week, I send very tip-specific emails. And also on my blog, I, I'm constantly in my studio. And when I shoot for clients, I'm recording a lot of that and making videos and showing tips on how to be creative. I focus on natural light photography in small spaces. I now have a studio, but I worked for 10 years in different rooms of the home and quarters of the room. And I was shooting for magazines and clients and different things like that. So I'm very attuned to a minimalist approach to this type of photography. And that's what I try to teach others along with developing their style, how you go about that. Cause it's a, you know, it's a challenge, you know, how do I do this? Where do I start? And then also how to do this with a small amount of time, a tight budget, when and where to grow and those kinds of things. So that's, you know, those are my typical weekly emails. And then I also have a course. My course is Confused to Confident, and it is food and product photography for growers, makers, artisan creators. I have bloggers and small business owners that have taken the course. And this is an in-depth 12-module course. And we start from a process that I call my five words to developing your style. And we go through styling a set, surfaces, natural light. And we move all the way through to learning how to use your DSL our camera in manual mode and to create the photos that you're envisioning in your head so that you love them and you can't wait to share them. That is the best feeling ever. And that is the goal of this course. And then we move through that. We've got editing, we have time management and growing your skills and moving on from there. So that's my course. I open it about twice a year. And with the course, I always offer a 30-minute one-on-one consultation with me for those who choose to take it, whether I help you evaluate your photo space or we work through a challenge or I evaluate photos, whatever the person wants, you know, wants to talk about. It sounds like a really fun course. I have a funny story, like way off base, but I, a year, years ago, my husband bought me a camera when I was blogging. I never learned how to use it. Like I tried so hard, but something just didn't click. And <laughs> And so I, I ended up selling it later and I'm like, man, I wish I still had that <laughs> I have to get another one. Yeah. It's not progressing yourself through things like manual mode to aperture priority and manual. It's not as scary as a lot of people think. I try to teach it in the way that I understand it. And a lot of people told, have told me that it's very different from anything else that they've learned because we've all seen the circles of explaining aperture and light reflections and all that kind of stuff. And we, a lot of us, we just don't need to worry about that. (laughs) Photography can get super technical. And if you are not techie in that sense, you don't need to be that way. I'm not that way. And you also don't need to be a gear geek. You don't need every piece of $50,000 equipment that comes out to create beautiful photos. You just need to have the equipment that you have to use and find your groove with creating what you want with it. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. What if they don't have a DSL camera yet and they're just kind of getting started and they're not sure they want to do this? Could they apply the things you teach with their phone? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, the thing is too, is that depending on how advanced your phones are, 
phones are starting to introduce things like manual mode and setting aperture and all that kind of thing in your phone. So there are some things you can apply there. But let's say you just want to pick up your phone, point it at your your scene and take a photo. So there are things that apply with styling techniques and light control that you can start to use that will drastically change even your phone photos just right away, like overnight. So phone definitely. And then there's also some editing tools, free editing tools with the phone that you can use to kind of manipulate your photos in terms of like shallow depth of field, like getting that blurry background and that kind of thing whenever you can't accomplish that with your phone. There's a lot of different tools like that. So the what is covered in the course is definitely going to help you with creating that set and capturing it, even if you're using a phone. And then people that take my course, like I said, they have that 30 minute session. We can talk specifically about phone photography. (laughs) Very cool. Isn't it crazy how advanced phones are getting now? (laughs) They are. Yeah. I taught a course on one of my courses that's a side cookbook photography, uh, photographing your own cookbook, because I've photographed two of my own cookbooks. And I try to express to people the importance of using manual and all of the settings for print. I've had a lot of people be like, well, my phone does all that. My phone and I... (laughs) It's not quite as advanced for print photography, but it works. They're getting really, really advanced. If that's really what what people want to use, I mean, the opportunities there. Yeah, I find it refreshing that you are encouraging people to embrace the phone if that's what they want to do, because a lot of times photographers, like they don't want you to use your phone, which I understand, like there is an art and I value photography so much you know, the times I've had photo shoots have been so great. But I also feel like, you know, taking a picture with your phone is like an everyday thing now. So learning to use it is only going to help everyone not have crappy photos. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, I totally embrace it. I will take trips or go places where I'm purposely trying to take a break from my camera since it's what I do every day. And I really try to play around with my phone and, you know, create images with my phone. I think the one thing that I, with people saying, you know, don't use your phone, the only thing just to pay attention to is the usability of the photo. And Mm -hmm. that's just going to depend on the type of photo you're creating. So let's say you create this library of photos Depending on the quality and the, you know, the advancement of the type of phone that you have at the time, those may not look good in print. It's just going to depend. Right. Some, some do. There's a lot of companies printing from phones and things like that. So there's a lot of technology on the back end that's improving that. But just know that like if someone comes to you and they want to feature your product down the road in a magazine and they need photos, somebody did an interview on you, or you know maybe you want to blow something up for a, tra- a trade show or a market or something like that, just know that if it's a phone photo, you might send it off to somebody and they might say that they can't use this. But if, right. if you're just focused on all web, your website, it's, I mean, it's totally doable. Yeah, that's really cool. This is really enlightening. I know a lot of people listening are going to want to, you know, dig into how to take better pictures themselves. A lot of the listeners are doing a lot of things themselves. And that's not to say that they don't want to someday outsource it, but they're just not quite ready. Mm-hmm. That's an important part of business. Like a lot of businesses go through that. Not everyone has, you know, a lot of startup capital or anything like that. But I know you have a freebie that is going to be great for them. So you have a five steps to better food and product photography. 
they can get that on your website. Will you tell them where they can find it? Oh, yeah. So just on the homepage at laurierice.com, just scroll down a little bit after that big picture of me there, (laughs) and you will see um, the (laughs) option to go and grab that training. And so we go through just some simple changes to focus on within your food and product photos that are that will help to improve them. Mm -hmm. That's going to be really helpful. And plus, once you sign up for Lori's freebie, then you'll be on her email list to get her tips that she sends out every month and start learning to take better photography, you know, like one, one little tip at a time. Right. Absolutely. Before we kind of wrap up, do you want to tell us about your membership? I do three things. So I, I get hired for commission shoots and then I help those who really want to take their own food and product photography. But then I also have a passion for helping those who are building a better system for the foods that we eat and the goods that we buy, things we consume. And it took me a long time to figure out how I could help people who one, didn't have time and don't want to take their own photography or they are not at a point where they can hire out, you know, to have to outsource the photography. And I do that through my Farm Fresh Photos uh, stock photography membership. So a lot of my focus is fresh produce. I love using fresh produce and showing off lots of handmade artisan goods with those, whether that's pottery or linens and different things like that. So what I've done is I have it's a, a monthly membership where you receive 30 photos that are produce and farm inspired. And there's lots of bonuses in there too. And every month is a different produce theme. And these photos are designed for digitally marketing your business. So they can be used to build your website, to send out an email newsletters and to social media posts. And they're often styled in a way that you can add your logo or an event. You know, you can drop it into Canva and do all kinds of things with it. I have small farms that subscribe. I have lifestyle bloggers and different things like that that subscribe. And they use these as covers to their reels on Instagram and different things. So it's just a collection of photos all in a similar cohesive style because it's just me producing those photos that are affordable for a small business. Awesome. That's really cool. So you talked about how, you know, small business owners might not always have the time to handle photography or it gets pushed back on the burner. So you have some tips or resources for helping small business owners with that time management when it comes to their photography and everything else they have on their plate. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to learning the photography, there's not going to be any substitution for practice. So we have to get some of that practice into our schedules and we have to treat it in a way like we would any other task in our business. So it might be one hour, you know, a week, something like that. You have to start devoting that time to start at the place where you're at. Maybe it's just picking up your camera and taking some photos. Maybe it's finding a technique that you really want to recreate and just start creating. We can learn and learn and learn. But until you pick up the camera and just start shooting and making mistakes and finding out what, when you hit a roadblock, trying to figure out what it is to get to that next step, that's the best way to move forward. When it comes, if you're at a point where you're ready to start shooting your, you know, your products, doing maybe a bit of a lifestyle shoot or pulling those photos together, I always recommend that you block 
at least one day a month to create your content. And it's just a photography day, a photography and editing day. And depending on how many photos you want to create, you may have more days per month. Or as you get more advanced, you may just do this just once a quarter so that you have all your photos together. But by setting aside that very specific time to do the photography, you fall into a groove that you don't get when you just snap a photo this morning and this afternoon and that afternoon. So you want to get to the point where you kind of gather things together and then spend time taking those photos. As you do this, what you're also going to figure out is where your creativity gets burned out. When you are styling photos and trying to come up with ideas and brainstorming things, you can exhaust your creativity. So what you may find is that blocking a full day to do this is just too much. You just don't have the creative energy to do it. So then you might become the type of person that just does it two different mornings so that you have a break to refresh yourself. So by blocking that time, we learn a lot of things about ourselves, and then it helps all of this start to flow a little bit better. Yeah, those are great tips. I know another tip I picked up somewhere along the way is like when you're taking product photography and you're learning, you want to set, you know, like you said, two mornings, you want to set it the same time of day. So you get the same style of light. Is that true? Yeah, it definitely can be depending on the time of year. Because I'm nearly 100%, about a 90% natural light photographer, I've had to learn how to control the light. Like there's always a sweet spot where you're going to get the best photos possible for your area, for that season, whatever it is when you're using natural light. But it becomes a skill to start to learn how to control that light and adjust your camera so that you have all day to shoot. So yes, to same time of day, that can make it definitely make it a bit easier as you're learning. But as you develop your skills, you'll find that you can shoot all day long. One of the parts in my course, it's always everybody's favorite module, is I go through an entire day with morning, noon, and afternoon light, and I show you how I contr- control it to create a, a similar looking image each time. Oh, that's very fun. That sounds really cool to see. This has been such a great conversation. I know photography is so important, especially for product-based businesses You know who need to really represent their products visually. That's so important, especially in the e-commerce where we're not able to like pick up the product and feel it and see it and touch it and all the things, any tips and, you know, information is always helpful for our listeners. Before we wrap up, I love to ask one question to every guest on the show. What is something you're currently learning or working through in your own business? Because I love to show people that it doesn't matter like what type of business you have or how long you've been in business that we're all constantly evolving and growing as business owners. So is there something that you would share with us that you're currently learning in your own business? Oh yeah, definitely. So I'm in a bit of an evolution period. I am at a point where I've done a lot of commissioned client work and I'm trying to transition more to teaching, to helping people. It's something that I've done part-time for a while now. And I would like for that to be the majority of my business. So I'm working on more outreach, but also 
to trying to learn how to present for for people more. So I am trying to find ways to do more in-person presentations and workshops that now that we can kind of get back together again, I love to travel. I'm getting ready to plan a workshop with a florist in Seattle where she's going to style. I'm going to teach photography. I'm also trying to find new ways to talk and reach people like through your podcast and presentations and different things like that. So kind of going back, I've done a lot of that in the past. I'm kind of going back to it so that I can reach more people and connect with more people. So that's kind of a new thing for me in terms of my photography, because I'm used to always working in my studio for the most part by myself, with the exception of the, uh, you know, conversing with the client about what they need. Yeah, that sounds really fun. I'm in that kind of same. I love building websites, but I also really love teaching So I'm kind of going through that same kind of evolution in my own business. So I can relate to what you're going through. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have loved chatting with you, Lori. I know we have a lot in common. Everyone listening, be on the lookout for some collaborations because we have a lot of ideas popping around. But I've just had such a lovely time chatting with you. Before we go, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and hang out with you online? Yeah, definitely. So the best place, of course, is my website at laurierice.com. I'm also really active on Instagram. Um, You can find me at Lori, L-O-R-I underscore R-I-C-E. I do post some videos and reels and different things about some of the work that I'm doing in the studio there as well. One thing that's super important to me is that I am accessible because I know so many people who teach and who post and all that kind of stuff who are not. So I always, anytime people have a question, I'm always happy to answer it. Sometimes whenever I get those in DMs and they're a little bit long, I will ask you to email me so that I can um, think about my answer a bit. But I respond via email. I do short Loom videos for people. I'm always happy to be there and to help as much as I can. That is so cool. We will have the links to Lori's website and her freebie and her course and her Instagram in the show notes, of course. We always load up the show notes with links, but that way you can find those easily. I am just so grateful that you took the time out of your day to come on the show, Lori. Oh, and I'm grateful that you had me. It's been really great. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse podcast. It means so much to me that you take the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It's my favorite thing to create, and I am so grateful that you've taken the time to listen. If you enjoyed this podcast or you have listened to other episodes and enjoyed those, it would mean the world to me if you could take a minute out of your day to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me get the show out to more people just like you who are out there trying to grow their own product-based business.